Thank you, choir and wonderful orchestra and praise band. And of course, all those that play with some type of instrument. I don't know how people learn those things, but I know they do. What a blessing that is, a wonderful choir and all those. Thank you so much. Lots of bags today. I thought it's going to be a long message. I'm bringing lunch today. Good to see if you're watching um, on the simulcast. Welcome, whether you're at the coast, in the mountains, in a restaurant we, where you can... Yay, that's right. I'm glad we've got someone excited over there, a little one up there. Blessings to you. Glad you're here and glad you can be here. So many folks are using this cooler time of the season to go to the beach, right? And uh, for those that are here, we're blessed for that. Little Bubba can teach a thing or two about... Sometimes about a biblical principle. It seems, some of you may get this, in our last hour, some of the folks are a little more familiar with something called an outhouse. Did, do you know, did you know what an outhouse is? I saw two hands go up over here in the front row, right, an outhouse. Before there was indoor plumbing, there were these outhouses, and it's not like today where we have... A heat advisory for 200 million people. I look at this is the top story. It's summer. <laughs> Did it catch you as, oh yeah, that's a top story. Well, these outhouses, they, fortunately, they were climate controlled. In the winter, whatever temperature was outside, the climate was inside that. The same thing in the summer. Well, little Bubba was running late for school and uh, wanted to say goodbye to mom and dad, but they had already gone. But he's making his way to school. He's kind of frustrated and mad, and he sees kind of a, a community outhouse on the way to school perched on a hill. None of you have ever thought of any mischief type of thing, but he sees it and decides, I wonder what that would look like if I just tipped it over and pushed it down the hill. He's late. But he just pushes that thing in his frustration, and it goes flopping down the hill. Goes off to school, doesn't think a thing about it, comes on home. Bubba Sr.'s there. Little Bubba, what'd you learn in school today? Well, Daddy, they taught us about George Washington. And they told the story where he chopped down a cherry tree. And when his daddy asked him who chopped it down, George Washington said, I cannot tell a lie. I did. And you know what, Daddy? His daddy didn't whip him for that. <laughs> and so Bubba Sr. says, well, little Bubba, I want to ask you something. Do you know anything about that outhouse? Who pushed that thing down the hill? And of course, he thought back, well, George Washington, Daddy didn't give him a whipping because he told the truth. So little Bubba said, Daddy, I pushed that thing down the hill. Bubba Sr. said, son, go cut a switch and come to the house. You're going to get the whipping of your life. But daddy, George Washington's father didn't give him a whipping when he cut down the tree. That's right, son. But George Washington's father wasn't in that tree. Today we're going to talk about telling the truth, (laughs) about who we are, 
about who we are in Christ. The Word of God tells us some very important things about life. I'm going to actually, you're going to recognize what's in this. You'll recognize it's quite familiar to most of us. We have them on our tables or in restaurants. What's in that container? Who said crack cocaine up here? That's crazy. It's salt. It's salt. Word of God says, if you look at our message today, has to do everything with the power of salt. Salt. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are salt. That's what Jesus said. Let's go. We're going to be moving it about uh, next to the speed of light here today. Matthew 5.13, you are the salt. He's talking to his disciples. So whether you knew it or not, if you came in today as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, having trusted him as the one who loved you and died on the cross by his grace and mercy, paid for my debt, your debt on the cross, rose three days later and offers eternal life as a gift. He says to his disciples, you, it's an emphatic statement, you, you of all people, a middle reflexive, it's emphatic to say of all people, you, yes, you are the salt. And there's power in salt. Salt doesn't look very powerful to me. Well, let's talk about it. There's power in it. Now, power because it's very distinctive. Salt is very different than the thing to which it is applied to. It's very different and distinctive. You can have a plain old piece of uh, corn on the cob, right? What are you talking about, right? Someone may even bring some today to the church picnic. But you put some salt on, it makes all the difference. It's distinctive. You can tell. A lot of people are on low-sodium diets, and some can't have salt. Well, your body needs salt, period. It needs it. You, have to, you, you can't live without salt, so you need some. But the bottom line is salt is distinctive. You can tell if salt is on something, can't you? Right? Even if I put some on my hand, just lick it. No. It's, it's distinctive. And the Word of God tells us we're to be distinctive as believers. It tells us in Romans 12, 2, that we're not to conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. We're to be distinctive. We're to be transformed. We're not to be just coming to a building and having a a pep rally and leaving. The transformation takes all week, but a lot of people, it's to take place all week, don't want to be salt out there in the world. It's way easier in here. But out there, it's easier to blend in, to not be distinctive. Do you realize when Jesus called me and he called you salt, it says, you are to be distinctive. Now, what else is salt? Salt is influential. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. That is when you're a new believer in Jesus Christ, when you put him into your life as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live inside of you, and you're a new creation. Well, I didn't become all new. I still had that scar on my hand, and sometimes I think the wrong things. It doesn't say you'll get it done perfectly the first second, but you are a new creation. There's something new that empowers you. There's new power living inside of you, the Spirit and the power of of God. And salt is influential. What does it do? It gives a new quality of taste to whatever it's applied to. And it changes the object to which it is applied. I had some people in my life early on before I trusted Christ as my Savior that were influential. They were salt. Salt has an influence. Some people think, well, I, I, who am I? I, I, I can't be influential. 
you already are. You'll influence for the positive or the negative because Jesus said you are salt and salt is influential. It will affect the thing that it's poured onto. It has an influence upon it. Salt keeps food from going bad. Word of God tells us that, that in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. It's not saying don't have friends and don't have any relationship with Jesus. It says don't let those friends be the influencers in your life. You be the influencer in their life. We have a lot of young people here, college students, people out in the workplace. We're around lots of people who don't know Jesus. God wants us to be there. But they're not to be the influencers in life. We are. We're not to take on their habits. We are to bring the right thing to them so they can see that by word and by action, that we are distinctive, that we're influential, and that we are the ones that keep life from going bad. Genesis 6, 11 and 12. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and it was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all people on earth had corrupted their ways. Though there was a time on earth that looks kind of like now, where there's a lot of corruption taking place, but it also says in that same passage, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Just like today. You see, people haven't changed. We have different clothing, different technology. People are the same. And people want to do what was right in their own eyes, thinking, well, God will understand me, or I'm unique, or I'm this, and everyone's unique. And God will understand you, that's true. But he says you have to do things my way. And a lot of people have gotten off to say to justify what they want to do. And I'm talking about people that are church-going people, some people that claim to be disciples of Jesus. God says you're not to do your own thing, you're to do my thing. may not feel comfortable, it may not be your first choice in your mind, but it's to be your ultimate choice of what you're to do. And the Word of God says that if we're going to stop corruption in this world, one of the things that salt does, it preserves, it fights corruption. How else will the corruption of our world ever become, well, arrested, unless we're out there rather than complaining about it, being a part of it? How else will we bring about honesty in businesses and in the workplace, in marriages, in communication, and language? How will that be unless you and I are not influential in that? It arrests corruption. And no, not everyone will be affected by it. No, some people won't listen to it. However, it will be a judgment for them before God. That's not the point, whether they will listen or not listen. The point is, God says, you are salt. Be an influencer. Be distinctive. Be someone that's out there arresting the corruption that exists in the world, not arrogantly and not in your face. Many times, you don't hear salt working, but it's working. After you give your witness, let it continue to work. Do what is right. Everyone may be zigging, you zag. Everyone else is doing it. Why, should, why shouldn't I? Because God says don't. Everyone else says it. Everyone else does that. Don't do it. Do what God says. Salt preserves and the gospel saves the world from corruption. If people lived the way Jesus asked us to live, it'd be a very, very different place, wouldn't it? They'd tell you some crazy things. The day the world told the truth, a great article about, they asked people without giving up their identity, what they thought about certain things. How many people lie? How many cheat? It's crazy. You see, when God, when the Lord Christ becomes your Lord and Savior, you're not doing it for people to be seen. You do it first to God. If you do it right before God, it's going to come out right before men, even though someone appreciates it. 
And salt makes bland food taste better. Now, I need, I'm going to have a taste test here right now. But I need a young person, 7, 8, 9, 10 years old, that will do a... Would you do that, sir, right back there? There's, he's coming forward right now. Come right up here. Yeah, it can go that way. I always wonder, what does salt taste like on a dead possum you find in the road? <laughs> and we're going to see if this young man can help us today. I'm going to let you stand right up front. This is a fine young man. I've seen him since he was coming here as a baby. And he's grown. He loves the Lord. He's a prayer. Has a great home. Even some grandparents here. All right, the taste test involves a couple of things. And I'm going to, I'm not going to make you taste some of this stuff. This bag is hard. You ever seen how hard things are to open up sometime? I'm afraid this is going to go flying all over the place. We'll see. Oh, there we go. All right, something's coming out. This is Skinny Pop popcorn. It's got no GMO, gluten-free, no artificial preservatives, but it has salt. Now... I'm taking that cough drop out of my mouth. And you have to, all you have to do is answer a question. If you do, sir, today, you'll get three bags of this. <laughs> but you have to answer correctly. The, the question is, which do I think will taste better? This popcorn? Mmm. Or this? This is like, this is called popcorn packing. They call it that because it doesn't have salt on it. Let's see how this tastes. Which do you think I thought tasted better? The popcorn. Give him a hand. You're right. Stay right there. We had three bags for you. One, two, three. And one even has white cheddar. There you go. Give him another hand. Thank you. You might be thinking, well, who's going to like that? I tell you, if you're not being salt in the world, that's what we are. Bland, no good for any, good for packing, but it's not good for making any kind of influence in someone's life. We're bland. It's disgusting. And, you know, and someone say, well, I have my popcorn without salt on it. Well, may the Lord bless you having corn on the cob without salt on it just does something to it and a lot of times we can look out in the world and say the world bland the world doing the same things but we're acting just like it because we have just a life filled with this old packing no salt applied to anybody and one thing we're thinking you know we're okay because we go to church Going to, God expects his believers to come and celebrate him and worship him together and listen to the word. But we go out into the world as salt shakers. And each one of us has a sphere of influence in a workplace, in a school, in a neighborhood, standing in a line someplace. And maybe it's not where you take a pulpit out there and preaching to people, but maybe you're just saying something else that may open up a door to someone. You never, ever, ever know. And sometimes it's real intentional. Someone will ask a question. Why did you do that? Why did you say that? I noticed you were praying over there. See, some people don't even want to even pray in public. They say, when do people think we pray? Well, do it. Try it. Stretch yourself. Be salt. Salt is influential. Salt makes a difference. It's an influencer. 
It keeps the world from going corrupt. And more people that I have known over the years have been saved from the corruption of life, the corruption of relationships, the corruption of parenthood by becoming believers, allowing God to work in their life. You see, salt makes food taste better. The Word of, the God, Word of God tells us in five, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. If you're tired of how the world tastes, be an influencer. Be what God's called you to be. By acting in the same way, there is, there's no difference then. And once again, having worked out there in the secular world for a number of years in the construction industry, I know. I know it's tough out there. I've heard the language, the jokes, the stories, and all of that. You have to make decisions. Are you going to pray before your meal when everyone else isn't? I'm not talking about out loud and stand up. Stop, everyone. I'm going to pray. I'm talking about just bowing your head, offering a few-second prayer of thanking God. Just a little acknowledgement. What good is that going to do? It does good. I can tell you a man who came from a faith that's from the Middle East that saw a group of people praying in a restaurant. And what impressed him from all the other ugly stories you heard about America that exports pornography and everything else, there were people that didn't have to pray. They weren't waiting for a certain signal to pray. They were praying to thank God for their food. How refreshing is that? You see, it acknowledges God. There's lots of ways to acknowledge it. And God gives us opportunities. Didn't want us to be like some popcorn styrofoam. Salt is also widespread. It's widespread. What do you mean it's widespread? You can take a pot of soup, take this little thing here, and put some in. It changes the whole thing, doesn't it? You may think, you know, what good is my little few drops of salt not going to make in my university, in my high school, middle school, in the workplace, or going to that one door the person's real old? What difference is it going to make? You don't know. Because salt, influenced by its very nature, is widespread. Imagine a bowl of chili without salt in it. Come on, right? We have these things because it, it is widespread. It spreads out. Look what 1 Peter 3.15 tells us. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone to ask you to give the reason for the hope you, that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, not arrogantly. It's widespread. I wonder, I wonder if some people began to talk to me about Christ, thought, you know what, we're, we're only known Jesus for three months. We better not talk to this guy. Or this guy has a bad attitude and a filthy mouth. You never know where the influence is going to go. You don't know in your house, in your neighborhood, and in your family who God wants that widespread influence to go to. It never stops. It just keeps on going. It'll serve one way or the other as a judgment or as a blessing to someone. Its influence is widespread. And its flavor spreads all over. It may not look like it at first. I've seen workplaces change. I've seen families change. I've seen lives change because of the power, influence, the distinctiveness of salt. And God says, you are salt. He says, use it. Salt has a momentum of its own. Once it's applied, it cannot be stopped. Go ahead, try. Pour it, a bunch of salt that you want in your soup, in your big pot of soup. And say, wait a minute, let me stop that influence. It's too late. 
It has a momentum of its own. And it's like the word of God in Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. It will achieve it. You don't have to try and figure it out. If you could figure out everything God's trying to do that would make you God, and I've looked out here, you know me and I know you, neither one of us are God. We don't make good gods. We don't make good decisions all the time. We make good decisions when we live for God Almighty. Once applied, it cannot be stopped. It goes out. And you might find someone like I did where I blew the people off that were talking to me, but I saw something different. I wanted them to think they didn't make any impact on me, but you know what? They did. The same way you do in your class, in your school, in your neighborhood, and in the workplace. It's making a difference because they don't respond to it initially or even respond negatively. Doesn't mean they're not hearing it. They hear it and they know. They're looking to see, is anyone out there really trying to live it? No one's looking for perfection. But I would say to you, there's a whole lot of people not even trying God says it has a momentum of its own. Now, what about the application of salt? Where is it to be applied? The Word of God tells us, you are the salt of the earth. Why does it say that? Why does it say? Because once you leave, once you leave this place, there's no salt need in heaven. This is it. There's a bit of finality that you're the salt of the earth. So while you are on the earth, Use that influence, use that momentum, use that distinctiveness to make things from going corrupt to being holy and right, from being bland to being true and right, to looking at a sunset, an ocean, to look at all the things that our God has made and say, wow, this is amazing. Our God is an awesome God, isn't he? And so we have this idea, the application is, why you still have time. We are the salt of the earth. What's our mission? We are to salt the earth. We're the ones to do it. You see, there is no other salt. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying it. You are, you could put the words parenthetically and idiomatically, you are exclusively the salt of the earth. If it's not happening through you, it's not going to happen. It happens through the gospel. It's not going to happen through a political system. It's not going to happen through an economic system. It's not going to happen some other way. You are the salt because the gospel is what does all the things we just talked about. It is the influence. It is the momentum. It is what brings uh, spice to life and brings out the flavor of life. And it saves people's souls from going to hell. God tells us the application is to be on the earth before it's too late. There may be some in this room right now where you feel like, oh, you know what, if I'm to look back in my real journal in my mind, God is talking to me today because you know what, I've been, I've been not applying any salt any place. I've not been applying my life. I've not looked for the opportunity. I've become apathetic. As Terry said earlier, sometimes we can even get sin in our life. It can take us further than we want to go and leave us there longer than we want to stay. And so we have to bust ourselves on it, be truthful, say, God, my, you call me salt, but I'm not being very effective now. I want to just deal with that today. And a little later in service, you can. You can deal with it and talk to God and say, God, I want to get this right. I want to be the right kind of influence, not part of the problem. I want to be part of the solution. I want people at least to know that Christ loved them 
and died in their place for their sins and rose again. Life can be different. You see, salt does no good being left in a container. Wouldn't you find it weird if you went out to lunch today? You went to your table, you're at your favorite restaurant, and it's got a little sign underneath this. Please do not use, look at it. Admire its beauty. Look at it in there. Isn't, can you imagine? Pretty dumb, right? I've never seen that sign. But imagine if you're looking at churches across our nation, people just sitting in there, and you have to ask yourself, have you been going like this or just being like that? You see, out there, the influence starts out there, and we sit out there, as ludicrous it would be to sit there and say, don't use that. God's saying to us, conversely, use it. Spread it around. Be out there. Don't be afraid, or if you have some fear, get over it. Don't be like the different kind of, I don't know, wimpy message you see. 200 million people under a heat alert. Once again, it's summer. It's summer. Did you know that? Of course you did. Come on. God didn't want us staying like that. He wants us to get out of this thing. Mix it up. I don't mean ugly way. I don't mean in someone's face. Sometimes it can even get to that. But at least be standing for what is right. At least tell the truth of why you believe what you believe. That's what the Word of God says. But it's never to be left just in the container. It does no good being left in the container. Colossians 4, 6 says, Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that they may know how to answer everyone. Season it with salt. Many times you can, when someone asks you how your day is, you can say fine or you can complain. Anyone have anything happen last week they thought was not that great? I can complain about that. How's my day? I'll tell you. Now, I've told you I've used that before and I've had people trying to get me a lower credit card rate. Hello, Mr. They don't know me. And I don't tell them how to say it. I know that. What a terrible pastor. Mr. Gear, uh, Joe, we have something here for you. But how was your day? How are you doing? And there's only one way to answer the question. Do you really want to know? If they say no, they've lost a sale. If they say yes, they've lost a sale. It's just going to take them more time. Because I can go through blow by blow. And it's weird. Have you ever had a telemarketer hang up on you? I have, I have, I have. And I love this. This call is being monitored for quality control. I'm sure there's people in learning sessions saying, if anyone ever calls like this, just please immediately don't spend any time with them. <laughs> please just hang right up on them. But the bottom line is what I'm saying is that you can have this idea that you're not that important, that what you say is not that important. That you can remain in that container, the container of your own fear, your own concerns, your own reputation, and not care much about what God has said you are. And he said, go be salt, and salt's made to be used, not look like that. If the church would just get out and start sprinkling some salt here and there, I wonder what would happen. I wonder if as many churches that have closed in our city would have closed. There's some that didn't want to change, didn't want to go forward, didn't want to step out. 
just keep it like a club. That's no good. That's not what God says. That's not Jesus. And when I talk to people and say, here's why I don't go to church, I say, well, thank God. I wouldn't want to go to that either. But let me tell you where there are people that really do care and really do love and seek to try and live it. Not perfectly, because we don't want to freak people out and tell them we're perfect. We're not. We're only perfect in God's sight because he forgave all our sins. We're forgiven, but we're not perfect. And so God, even God, in his graciousness, his long-suffering, gives us, well, grace when we don't deserve it. So we're not looking for perfection, but we're looking for people that are at least willing to try and say, you know what, I'll step out, I'll try, I'll try to be an influence and let God work through me to do that. Matthew 5.13 continued, but if salt loses its saltness, how can it be made salty again? Once again, there is no salt other than believer's salt. If it's not happening through us, if it's not happening through me, I don't have the right to go out there and say, what a lousy world this is. Look what happens. I don't have the right to go out there and say, you know, look at all that, how they do that, how this is happening. I'm supposed to be salt. And it tells us. Jesus said, if the salt loses salt, how can it be made salty again? Well, salt really didn't lose its saltiness. But what happens in that day and time, and they all knew this, they didn't have the machinery and the mines like we have now. They were just digging it without a John Deere or something else. They would get out there and try and get as best as they could, and sometimes they could pick up something that looked like it was all salt, but in the middle of that there may be some chemicals or some dirt. How many of you sprinkle dirt on your food? Other than three or four-year-olds, okay? You don't do that. It loses its saltiness because that dirt, that corruption, that pollution enters into the salt. And then what they did back in that day and time, if they got that bad batch, is they threw it out. Many of the paths that were cutting through farms and vineyards in that day and time were made with people trampling it and putting salt on there because nothing will grow in that, that polluted salt. Today, you may have polluted your life with something. There's some corruption and some dirt that needs to come out of your life. Today is a day to get rid of it and a time of of response, invitation. You know what? I'm going to bust myself on this. I'm going to bust myself before God and say, God, I really haven't been trying that hard or hardly at all or I haven't been trying, period. And just having that attitude tells me there's dirt in my life, there's corruption in my life because I find comfort in here. Jesus loves me. This I know, that's enough for me. I don't want none of the persecution, none of the battles. I don't want to have to deal with fear and having God take me forward. I'm just going to live comfortably. Well, dear friend, let me just say this to you. God says this, and here's the warning. It says it's no longer good for anything except being trampled under feet. There's a danger of becoming useless and destructive. Because when they did throw it out, it became useless and it did destroy. Anything on that path, that old salt was thrown on, it destroyed. And in Revelation 2, 4, it says, Yet I hold this against you. You've forsaken your first love. The church in Ephesus lost their first love. They stopped being salt shakers. They became museum pieces, things of observation. They became, well, like this old styrofoam, popcorn packing like this disgusting. I'm not swallowing it. Do not try this at home. <laughs> do not do this. That's better. No, it's not. Don't, 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 
don't do that. But where are you? You already know. If you've been turned upside down, reaching out, trying to get by your fear, saying, God, I, I don't want to say something there, but I'm going to. I'm going to say something about life when they knock where life is, whether I'm pro-life or pro-choice whether I believe the Bible or not, whether God's created or not. I'm going to open my mouth up. I'm going to step there. You're going to be vulnerable, I will tell you right now, because people like me before I knew Jesus are going to bark in your face. You believe in an ark? You believe God created it? Look like I know something, but you know what? There's one of two answers that are kind of crazy, aren't they? No, I don't believe it. Okay, then what do you believe? Well, what I believe really makes sense. A little something in some water millions of years ago decided, I'd like to make an earth populated with lizards, fish, whales, birds, people, zebras, rhinos, insects of millions of varieties. So let's all do it. And let's have it happen simultaneously. Now, when we do it, we have to also, we need flowers, by the way. Let's have those grow, and let's have fruit trees so we can supply all these people with food. You see, as bizarre as it is that some people say, you believe in creation and our enlightened world? Have you seen some of the signs, thank you, science, rather than thank you, Jesus? Have you seen some of those? I, I'm, I'm with that. Thank you, good science, because we get to learn about how God made things. Isn't it wonderful? I'm blessed for good science. I'm not against science. No, but the Bible's not against science. God's not against science. He's got his degree in it. Look what he did. Huh? I'm merely saying, go out there and be salt. I'm afraid. I don't have all the answers. And get some. Don't be afraid to tell someone, I don't know everything. Say, you know, I'm not God. I don't know everything. I'm just, I'll find you an answer. Let's talk about it. They don't have all the answers either, by the way. You can ask some really great questions and wonder about where they are with that. But they're never going to ask you because they're going to assume someone with a degree said, this is what happened. So if you're going to get out of this institution, you have to believe this is what has happened because my degree says this. Let me tell you something. If you miss that one part, Genesis 1-1, you miss everything. Because if you believe in your eyes that everything you see and touch and that has come into order just miraculously happened without intelligent designer then you have way more faith than I could ever have. Don't be afraid to stand up for the Word of God also. It says at the very beginning, God created it, then it tells the story of salvation. It tells what happened. It tells the truth about people that would slay a giant and the same person committed adultery. It tells the truth about a God that said, I'll never die for, I'll never uh, stop defending you, Jesus. I'll give my life for you. And he denies Jesus. It tells the truth about people, but it also tells about lives that got changed. Those same people had their lives changed. They repented of their sin. Today, you may be a David or a Peter or someone else where, God, you've gotten off track. Today, you can change that. You can stop being a piece of styrofoam. You can stop hiding inside of a shaker, and you can get out there and make a difference in the world. As pastors come forward right now, some of you have probably today something to deal with, some corruption. God says that's no good. It's ready to be trampled underfoot. It's a waste. It's destructive. And if you'd like to pray alone or with one of our pastors or deacons, you come and do it. Today, some of you have not yet invited Jesus Christ into your life because it doesn't make sense to you. Dear friend, God's grace and mercy 
through Jesus Christ. Paying for our sin is what the Bible says. That's the message. I'll say it again today. To go to heaven, you cannot earn your way there. You can't buy your way there. Someone paid our way there because he loved us. Jesus Christ, God who took on flesh. He took our sins of the cross. He bled and died to make the payment for our sins and rose three days later and offers eternal life as a gift. It will change your life when you truly do it because the Holy Spirit will come to live inside of you and help you to change, to become more bold for God, more of an influencer in this world. And some of you out there may have already planted seeds and put some salt on the next person that's going to impact a family, a business, a life. But if you're a small thinker, you won't think it. You'll think, what am I going to do? What can I do? You can't do anything. But when you're connected to God, God can do something through you that'll be crazy good and not bland and tasteless like popcorn styrofoam. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to come today. You've heard in a in 30, 40, 50 minutes, an hour, something about our worship time, something about a message, something about what we believe. We're not religion. We believe the message of the Bible and God's love for all people. But you have to come on His terms. We'd love for you to come today as a candidate for membership. So whatever your decision today, whether you're a believer already, like to pray with someone, we will pray with you. We'd love to do that. God has already spoken to some people in this room. He's told you about your dating life, your business habits. He's told you about your silence. He told you about your apathy. Don't fight it. Pray alone or pray with someone. Don't fight it. Just accept it. God will change you when you really mean it. It'll happen. I'm going to ask you to stand now. Terry's here to lead us. Whatever your decision is today, whether you're listening at home or some other place or here, I'm asking you to respond today to God's truth in your life.